0: I freaking love wine, but (laughs) wine always comes with a bit of insecurity for me because I feel like I don't have a palate uh, necessarily for wine like I do for, say, beer or whiskey. And I think that just comes from probably training it uh, and teaching myself about the oh the the intricacies of wine, and I'm, so I'm I'm working on it, okay I'm I'm freaking working on understanding wine a little bit more and appreciating it. And so as I am, uh, I'm th- I was reminded today of a tasting I went to a while back, and I was sitting there talking to a sommelier about decanting wine, and part of their presentation they had mentioned, you know, okay, this wine, this year, this vintage, they can take some decanting. So why, why, you can either open it, leave it out for a few hours, or you can uh, throw it in the decanter and you're good to go right away. So I joined in with everybody else that was at the table and just gave my classic like, oh, yes, nod. And just, oh, I I concur. Actually, uh, like <laughs> I knew what the hell I was talking about. But then as everybody else left, I stuck around to talk to this person and ask a few questions. And one of the questions I asked was, okay, I, what the hell does decanting actually do to a wine? And why would I do it? What is it about a wine that you taste that makes you think it needs decanting? But they said something in passing that blew my mind. And it's just been like marinating in the back of my mind for ever since. And what they said was that decanting wine actually introduces oxygen into it. And that's partly why we use corks uh, to stop up the uh, bottles of wine is because corks allow uh, a small, slow amount of oxygen into the wine. And you want that. They talk about the importance of oxygen in the aging of wine. And so then when you decant it, what you're doing is you are essentially speeding up the aging process. Yeah, as you pour the bottle into the decanter, it introduces that oxygen into it, and they say you can add up to like three years of aging when you do that. Uh, And side note, if you don't have a decanter, uh, they said that you can just open the bottle of wine and let it sit out for a few hours. and that'll do the same thing. It'll benefit it. so we we were talking about this, and I said that it was super interesting to me because to me, oxygen in my mind, to wine has always been a bad thing. Oxygen is going to ruin it, right? Like you open a bottle of wine and eventually that wine is going to turn to vinegar. If you don't, if you don't drink it fast enough, they said, yeah, that's actually the fascinating thing about wine. The same thing that wine needs to make it better. Oxygen is the same thing that will eventually kill it. (laughs) So, because I'm such a nerd, I'm like, holy shit. Oh man, the same thing. Oh man, I got to think about that. Uh, There's so many, oh man, there's so many parallels in life. That's just the way my mind works. So fast forward to a few weeks ago, uh, the story that I was telling in yesterday's Daily Guinness episode when Sarah, our friend Ava, and myself were sitting at a pub in Ghent, Belgium. The same day, That conversation took place. Uh, I had found myself actually in a knife shop randomly, oddly enough. I don't know why I'd be in a knife shop in Europe because I never check bags so if I bought a knife, I'd have to ship it back and be this whole ordeal. But I was, in, I was in this knife shop talking to the owner who happened to be an art historian and just super nerdy and passionate in the very best way about uh, the history of knife making and the metals that go into that. And the point of his entire shop was to keep some of that art alive. So I was talking with him about knives and uh, the different steels that make them knives. And I was talking about how he asking his thoughts on a carbon steel knife. Uh, that I have one of I have a couple of them at home and they rust really easy. Uh but I always hear people talking about this is the this is the knife you want. You can sharpen it and it gets the sharpness and it holds it holds an edge. You want a carbon blade. Uh, but to me, those have always, it's always kind of like a pain because you have to do extra work. If moisture and oxygen are on that blade too long, then it rusts. So you have to put oil on it. It's kind of this pain in the butt. And I was telling him about that, like, is carbon really that great of a knife? He goes, oh yeah, the best knife is a rustable knife. (laughs) This fact that this thing you'd think that rustable, uh, this, this characteristic that you, I would naturally again, think as a negative, has all these attributes that make a knife better to use. So over the past few weeks, it just this stuff has been just sitting in my mind. And as I'm thinking about wine, I'm thinking about knives, I'm thinking about these things all of a sudden in my life, these characteristics that I have thought were negative. And as I'm thinking about all this, I'm reminded of a quote from one of my all-time favorite photographers, Anton Corbin. If you haven't heard of him, Uh, he is the one that shot the album cover of U2's Joshua Tree. And, uh, in an interview one time I heard him say, um, (laughs) I'm really tempted by the way to like, just act like I have this quote memorized on the top of my mind, but I'm, I'm sitting in front of my computer. And what he said was people always ask, how did you get your style? I really wasn't thinking I was going to photograph like this so much, but I couldn't do it any other way. So your inability to photograph a different way is what creates your style. Man, I freaking love that. And that part in there, your inability to photograph a different way is what creates your style. And then like, even I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about that. And that brings up this quote by the producer, Brian Eno, when he said, whatever you, uh, where is it right here? Okay. Whatever you now find weird, ugly, uncomfortable, and nasty about a new medium will surely become its signature. CD distortion, the jitteriness of digital audio, the crap sound of 8-bits, all of these will be cherished and emulated as soon as they can be avoided. It's the sound of failure, the sound of things going out of control, of a medium pushing to its limits and breaking apart. The distorted guitar sound is the sound of something too loud for the medium supposed to carry it. The blues singer with the cracked voice is the sound of an emotional cry too powerful for the throat that releases it the excitement of grainy film of bleached out black and white holy crap i forgot this was even in this quote uh of bleached out black and white is the excitement of witnessing events too momentous from the too momentous for the medium assigned to record them man and uh, even even that okay like the pushing something to the edge of failure i, I was even listening uh yesterday to a conversation with rick rubin and he said one of his favorite things is when a vocalist or musician or artist is like on the edge of their ability they're not in their safe sweet spot they're like pushing their voice to the limit like right before it breaks out that is the coolest place to live and i'm thinking about that man wine tastes the freaking best when it's on that edge, like any, that's the whole point of cellaring wine, right? It's a whole, like uh, you're gambling when you're cellaring wine or cellaring like uh, Belgian beer, which I like to do. you It's a gamble because the trick is to find that perfect sweet spot where it tastes the best and any more aging, it starts deteriorating and actually getting worse. Living on the edge of that, finding that sweet spot, pushing your boundaries, discovering that. Man, that's where I want to exist right now. Man, I'm so fucking sick and tired. I'm so bored by safe arts. But I know exactly where my limitations are. I can just kind of fake it through here. It's easy. No, that shit bores the hell out of me. Like a blade that's rustable. I want to live on the edge of my ability. Because, because like, you you don't know your limits unless you push your limits, right? And even then, like the pushing of those limits, that's where shit gets cool. So today, that's where I want to exist right now. So wherever you're at, this is my uh, curious toast for you today. Wherever you are at, may you resist the continual freaking temptation to live in the safe knownness of your abilities, but instead to push yourself to create and exist on the edge of your comfort. And in that, may you make some pretty freaking dangerous art. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations reported all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake, and he's an idiot to attempt it. But he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy.